Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Time to look at the inflation numbers once again. Inflation rose uh, 0.5% in January, a little more than expected, up to 6.4% from a year ago. And as always, we look to someone to break down those numbers. Jeff Cox, of course, is the economics editor for CNBC and always gives us great insight on what this means both broadly and right down to the kitchen table. And uh, Jeff, thanks for making time for us today. Hey, Boyd, always great to be with you guys out there. All right. Well, I was going to I was going to try to make a case to my wife that because of inflation, I actually deserve to have more chocolate this year <laughs> <laughs> just to keep up with it. But I don't think she's going to buy that. So <laughs> my but wife I, just baked me peanut butter brownies upstairs. I'm actually like chomping at the bit to go after them. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we won't tax you on those, but uh, but you, make sure you take an extra portion for sure. Uh, so give us the lay of the land. So uh, what were we expecting? What are we seeing? And then what, is, what does this all mean from the broad level? Look, uh, we were expecting this number to be a little hot today after we had um, the uh, kind of soft numbers for the past couple months. In fact, December, of course, it was initially reported as a month-over-month decline. So, uh, you know, we saw about half a percent um, increase in inflation on the uh, top line, and the, the, the core was was a little bit less than that, uh, 0.4 percent. These were both higher than Wall Street had expected, um, looking at 6.4 percent year-over-year on the headline, and um, 5.6 on the core. So basically what it all just tells us is that, you know, inflation is still with us. Um, it may not be as pernicious as it was last summer when we were up around 9%, but we still have, um, you know, a, a, a fairly high level. You know, prices are still rising. We saw uh, kind of a big rise in shelter costs mm. last month that was re- accounted for about half of the total increase that we saw. But of course, we you know, we all know gasoline prices are back on their way up. I think the price at the pump is up over about 30 percent or 30 cents rather on a national level and then you know food prices still going up egg prices are up 70 percent over the last year which is kind of crazy when you think about that so um you know to, to just sort of you know the whole the reader's digest version of it it pretty much keeps the fed right where they're at um i think you know probably you know continuing to look at at least another uh half a percentage point of rate hikes if not more uh, we did get some fed speak today um, I would say it tilted more towards the hawkish side. Um, you know, uh, Lori Logan, John Williams, Patrick Harker, all kind of saying the Fed still has more work to do as far as inflation goes. Yeah, so interesting. And uh, you mentioned the the egg prices. I think that had, uh, rapidly became one of the uh, big ticket items for Valentine's Day. Uh, just with the mm-hmm, uh, the price, yeah. there are a lot of lot of memes out there on that. But uh, but as you look at it, <laughs> as you look at it in terms of. Uh, kind of where the economy is, where it's going. You mentioned a lot of the things that consumers and kitchen tables are worried about in terms of food and energy and housing. Uh, what, what else is uh, is being impacted out there, uh, both in terms of uh, kind of the where we are, where businesses are, and then uh, what does this mean rolling into the spring? Well, look, we're seeding. Uh, you know, this, this we're, we're we're getting at the at the tail end here of an earnings season that was not very good from Wall Street standards. Uh, a lot of pressure on companies. Um, you know, we saw especially uh, some of the companies in the finance industry, those big banks, Goldman Sachs, some of those folks who really took it on the chin over the last quarter. Uh, consumer-facing companies are starting to kind of feel the, the pinch a little bit. 
um, you know, and, and inflation hits them too as well. So they're, um, you know, they're getting hit pretty hard. I think, uh, you, know, the, you know, trying to put a happier face on this, there's an there's a hope that um, that services or the the, the, the uh, shelter costs start to come down as we go through the year, and that will, you know, ease, you know take at least headline inflation off the boil a little bit. The Fed's really starting to parse this stuff down, though. Um, we, we, we have this new uh, component as if we needed something else, to another metric to throw in there. We have this so-called super core now inflation, which is core inflation, which you know excludes food and energy. Now we're also um, excluding shelter from that that the Fed is looking at. That was up about two-tenths of a percent last month, and it's up 4% year over year, which is still a, a, a little too high for the Fed's comfort um, and, uh, you know, in, in indicating that, uh, that you know, the, the economy still uh, is, is going to be under some stress. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah, and uh, talking about that super core, I, I, as I saw him talking about that today, I thought, you know, if we if we keep at this, there's there's going to be like a a non-existent core super, inflation, super core, a super super, super core super that super has core. nothing in it, <laughs> and so inflation will be gone. Uh, maybe it's a black hole. Maybe that's the out you don't like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything you don't like, just take it, throw it out, and then pretty soon we'll get it down to get inflation down to nothing. To nothing. There we go. It's a it's a new strategy, uh, and it actually leads to an yeah. interesting part of the conversation. And would love love your perspective on this. Uh, we know that real wages uh, were also down uh, because of that inflation. And so, again, back to the kitchen yeah. table. And this seems to be one that is is getting harder uh, both for, for the Fed and for the, the White House uh, to talk about the positive pieces. And we always want to highlight the positive pieces. But that disconnect between the reality of what people are living, uh, I think, produces words like super core. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't do anybody, you know, it doesn't do a John and Jane Q public any, any good there. Uh, you know, to kind of talk about reality a little bit. It was odd uh, you know, listening to President Biden's State of the Union address, and he was kind of trying to, to shine up the economy a little bit and, you know, talking about these jobs that we're creating and all this kind of stuff. But it, it really doesn't do you any good if your wage, your paycheck's not keeping up with inflation. You know, we, we've seen some, uh, some some reports out there, even uh, folks who were part of this uh, great resignation 
that uh, that, that we were talking about several months ago, where people, you know, the jobs market was so good that people were able to quit their jobs and go, uh, um, you know, elsewhere. There's some buyer's remorse there now. Some of those folks who had gone and, and, and thought that, hey, this is a great time, such a mobile time, wishing that they maybe had just kind of hung tight with where they were. Um, it, it, it's a difficult, it, it's an interesting landscape out there now. Um, I, I would tell you, though, the thing that has kind of caught my eye a little bit is it feels like at least that uh, anticipation of a recession is starting to cool a little bit. Nobody's mm. expecting big runaway growth this year, but um, but but I'm starting to hear that recession call sort of start to die down a little bit. In fact, Goldman Sachs lowered their probability of a recession to 25%. Um, of course, that stands in sharp contrast with some of the other indicators that we've seen. That uh, The Wall Street Journal had a report and had, had a survey of economists, and I think it was something like over 60% chance. And the New York Fed has its own recession indicator that compares the spread between the 10-year and the three-month Treasury bills, and that's like a 57% chance of a recession which is the highest that that indicator has been since 1982. Wow. Wow. Well, those yeah. are all, and that's where I was going to, that was what I was going to ask you exactly. You read my mind that uh, is the R word in the reality space. And uh, we'll, we'll hope, uh, we'll hope the 25% is, is a little closer on this one, but uh, all of those things will continue to watch, follow, add up, uh, slice and dice, and come up with a new name for something uh, next time. Uh, but Jeff, we always appreciate you helping us uh, break it down and helping the news make sense for us today. Thanks for joining us. Always oh, good to be with you, boy. Talk to you again soon. All right. Go snag some peanut butter brownies. I'm jealous. <laughs> All right. We'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news. Always grateful to Jeff Cox, uh, economics editor for CNBC, helping us get the understanding behind the numbers. Uh, real important stuff for the kitchen table. Stick around. More Inside Sources coming up next.